Hola mi gente, what up my people, my name is Pastor Rich Colon, I'm the lead pastor here at Santos Church, broadcasting to you live from Southwest Detroit, Michigan. Wherever you're listening from, I'm glad that you are listening. This podcast is meant to do one of two things, and that is either bring you our message content or it's content that we thought would enrich our message content. We'll have more information at the end of this episode on how you can get connected with us either in person, online, or on social media. But for now, thanks for listening to this podcast. Gracias para escuchando este podcast. And let's get into it. Vamos. Good morning, everyone. We are so glad (laughs) that you are here today. It is officially December, officially December, which means that Christmas is truly right around the corner. Now, there's two type of people groups in life, okay? And we know this. This is going to hit you real hard, okay? There's the people that think it's okay, or it might be okay. I don't know. I'm not going to put that out there like that. They think it's okay to start... Celebrating Christmas right after Halloween. If that's you, if that's you, okay, we know those people now, okay? Then there's the people that are like, oh, no, 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 no. There will be nothing holly jolly, merry or bright until after Thanksgiving, okay? So let's try to poll and see what kind of person you are. I don't want to try to start a fight because I know how it is. This, is. this is vicious. Like, I mean, once October hits, you start seeing all the posts like, don't you dare play a tune. Don't you whatever. So are you the person, by show of hands, and if you're too embarrassed, you don't have to. You can just wink at me. But are you the person that celebrates Christmas after Halloween? Just a show of hands or a wink. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you guys are all mainly on one side because I'm worried. I'm worried. <laughs> You should be glad. Okay, what about you're like, no, I am not going to celebrate Christmas until after Thanksgiving. I'm looking over here because, <laughs> okay, so really, that was God-ordained, okay? So let's just, let's just keep, keep it that way right there. So I read this joke. I thought it was so funny. I want to share it with you. It said, dear people that complain about Christmas music being played too early, don't see y'all writing any Thanksgiving bangers. I was like, that is so true. I think I read that and I told Richard, I was like, can you please just rate a Thanksgiving song? Because we need some Thanksgiving bangers because I think that would change the whole game. We wouldn't need to play Christmas music early if we had some like, you know, turkey, potatoes, gravy. Yo. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, that's a good meats, meats, potatoes. That's a good, yes. We need to start banging that all of November now, so <laughs> that is so good. Um, I'm just blessed you guys with my rap skills. I'm not the rapper in the family, Richard is, so um, we do need some Thanksgiving um, bangers, but it just doesn't work, but you have to pick a side, and if you asked me a couple years ago, maybe like four years ago, I would say that you cannot celebrate Christmas until after my birthday. Where are my December birthdays? Are there any December birthdays in the house I feel y'all. You guys, yes, clap for us because the struggle is real. Yes, I see you. The struggle is real with a December birthday because how are you going to compete with Jesus' birthday? How are you going to compete? You can't compete. So I used to say in my household, uh, I would be like, no, we're not putting up Christmas stuff until after December 6th because it's going to be my birthday and we got to celebrate me first, then we can celebrate Jesus. I know it's selfish, but it just, it is what it is. I'm going to keep it real with you. And then a couple years ago, I was like, okay, 
we can push that to December 1st. Like, I just feel like maybe we can just start celebrating December 1st. And then a couple years, like, sooner, I was like, okay, we can start celebrating after Thanksgiving. And I was like, we can just start putting the tree up on Back Friday. We'll make it a tradition. That's fine. I love baby Jesus. Then this year was totally different. It was two weeks before Thanksgiving. Y'all don't look at me because now I know who the people are. You guys are my people on this one, okay? So it was two weeks before Thanksgiving, and I told Richard, I was like, I just, the Christmas decorations, the Christmas week, we don't, it doesn't feel like long enough in December. Let's put up some Christmas lights. Let's start getting some decorations out. And I said, and Richard's like, what? Are you serious? And I was like, I just, I just want it. I just want it early this year. And, um, I said, but we're not going to put up the tree. We're going to put up the tree after Thanksgiving. I got to draw the line somewhere. I'm not going to be a crazy Christmas lady before Thanksgiving. And so that's what we did. We decorated a little bit early, and it's just because I love it. I love Christmas. I love all that it brings. I love the lights. I love all of the things that Christmas has. And so we started that early. So today I am so excited to be starting our new series called Something Greater. Everybody say Something Greater. Something greater. This is our Advent series here. And today, we're going to be looking at a specific word. And you heard it a lot in worship today. And I just love that. But that word is hope. Can you guys say hope? We're going to talk about hope today. Say it again. Say hope. I wish hope was here because then it would look like we're talking about her. But hope isn't here today. So we'll have to give her a shout out. So now, the holidays can stir a lot of feelings in us. Um... We might be reminded of loved ones that passed away. We might be reminded of just family conflict, and, and it's such a holiday that you want to be with family, and we just don't, we, we don't have that peace that's going on. Maybe it's just the stress of getting the perfect gift. You guys feel that stress sometimes? Like, what am I going to get that person? That, that stresses me out because I want to get them the perfect gift. Um, or even just the weight of life around us. Like, man, we're just in a rough season. And then the holidays come up and we're like, man, like why? Why is this happening right now? That happens. The holidays can hold a lot of that. And oftentimes our hearts get filled with disappointment and not hope. They start getting filled with the disappointments of life and all of the things that are are happening and, and not with hope. So what is hope? What does that word mean? I love, I've said this before in another message, I love dictionaries. I love definitions. I used to read the dictionary when I was younger. I think it's just cool to think what words really mean. And so hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Oftentimes, hope is kind of coincided with like a wish. Like, I hope this happens. I hope that I get this job. I hope this. I hope that. And really, when you say that, that hope is really only on the strength of that person. When you're saying that, that, the strength of that hope, that kind of hope is on the strength of who you are. I hope this, I hope that. And I think we need to really start shifting our perspective on what hope is and look at what the Bible says that hope is. Now hope in the Bible is the confident expectation of what God has promised. I'm gonna say that again. Hope is the confident expectation in what God has promised. And its strength is not in ourselves. See, we can say, oh, I hope I get this. I hope I get that like the world. But when our hope is in the confidence of God, our hope turns from ourselves to his faithfulness. 
and that looks a lot different. So there's someone in the Bible, and his name is Isaiah. And I, these are some of my favorite scriptures to read around this time. And when I was thinking about how I wanted to talk about hope, I thought I want to I look into the, in, at the prophet the, uh, of Isaiah. And he teaches us a lot about hope. So we're going to look there today. So if you have your Bible, we are going to be in the Old Testament um, in the book of Isaiah starting in chapter 7. And that's going to come on the screen in a second. Um, but it's important to know kind of like the context and what's going on in Isaiah at this time. So we, I said we're in chapter 7. So in chapters 1 through 6, Isaiah is talking and writing about how bad things are going. Things are not going good. Israel is is in the fall. The kings are are failing, they're, they're going down, things are going bad, people are turning away from God. The nation of Judah turned away from God, and the words that Isaiah writes is a hope that they would turn back to God. So we have to know what he is writing. He isn't just writing because he's like, let's talk about this awesome thing, I'm just gonna prophesy to you, and it's so awesome. No, things were bad. Things were dark. Things weren't looking good for the, the nation of Judah. And so Isaiah comes with these prophecies of hope. And this is what Isaiah 7.14 says. It says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel. This is the first time we hear Emmanuel in the Bible. The first time that we hear that. And Emmanuel means God with us. At this time of turmoil and these people in this darkness turning their backs against God, Isaiah says that there is going to be a virgin birth. The first time that we hear that there is going to be a virgin birth, the virgin birth of Mary, and that there is going to be Emmanuel, that God is with us. And then we look into Isaiah 9-2, and it says this just a few chapters down. It says, the people walking in darkness, have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. The people were walking in darkness. I love the visual that that Isaiah gives here. He said, the people were in darkness, but a light has come. That's a lot like today. You guys know what I'm talking about. I know what he's talking about, that darkness. We feel that. We live in that sometimes. We sit in that. We feel heavy in that. But he says a light has come. A light has dawned. Hope has come. People walking in darkness. There's people today in this room that are sitting in that. There's people outside these doors that are sitting in that. A few nights ago, that was me sitting in that. This isn't just words that he's saying about the nation of Judah. He's saying this because it doesn't only relate them, but it even relates to now. We deal with this. We fight with this. We struggle with this. But he says a light has dawned. There is hope. This is one of my favorite verses, Isaiah 9 and 6, and it says this. For to us a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. A child would be born that would bring hope into the hearts and the lives of the hopeless. 
I think it's also so important to know that Isaiah was writing this 700 years before Jesus was born. 700 years he's writing this. He's saying it's bad, it's tough, but hope is coming. And when we have hope in God, it's a confident hope. We're hopeful in his faithfulness, not in what we can do, but in what he can do. And so Isaiah is saying, you guys, his hope is like, you guys, it's bad. Let's turn to God. He didn't know that it was going to be 700 years, but he knew in that time that he needed to write and prophesy about hope. They were anchored in the wrong hope. The, the nation of Judah was anchored in the wrong hope. Hebrews 6, 19, 20 says this, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. That's what Christmas is. When Jesus enters on our behalf, it's really easy to make Christmas seem like, oh, you know, I make jokes about it too. And I'm like, my man, Jesus, baby Jesus. It's easy to do that. But the weight of that, that Jesus entered this world to be born on our behalf, to bring us hope. I can't imagine Mary giving birth to a child knowing that they were going to one day, like that, the song we just sang, he was born into sin. He didn't know any sin so that he could be our hope. That is what Christmas is about. When we talk about Advent and the arrival, waiting for this arrival of what's to come, we can sit in that and be excited in that right now, but we live in that. We live in this hope. This isn't a hope that just comes in December. This is a hope that we get to live in every single day. And it wasn't at this time for the nation of Judah, but for us today, there's good news that we live in that hope that he came and he came on our behalf because he loved us so much. And the best part about Advent, when we talk about Advent and his arrival, not only did he come as a baby, but he's coming again. Let's re let me remind you of that. When we're sitting in that darkness, when we're sitting in those places of despair, he's coming back. He's coming back for all who, all who believe. And that is a hope that I want to hold on to every single day. When our hope is anchored in God, it changes how we talk. Remember I said earlier that when sometimes hope is used like as a wish. Oh, I hope I get this job. Oh, I hope I get this. Oh, I hope this. I hope whatever. It changes to, instead of I hope to, to I have hope in. This isn't the hope that the world talks about, but the hope is built on a confidence in Christ. I might be going through a hard time. I might be going through a struggle, but I can say, oh, I hope it gets better. No, no, no. I can say, I have hope that this season isn't going to last. I have hope that God is going to keep working. I have hope that God has promised good things. So it shifts how we talk about hope in this, in this season. It's not just a wish. It's just not a fairy tale. But hope is something that we can hold on to, that we can cling to, that we can reach to when we need it the most, when we're in that darkness. I mentioned earlier how the holidays um, can stir up a mixture of feelings in us. And the holidays, Christmas time, Thanksgiving has always been so, so special to me. Um, just because my family did such a great job of building traditions around it, and so I looked forward to it. 
um, two years ago, tomorrow actually, I, it, cha- it changed everything for me. The holidays totally shifted for me. Um, two years ago, uh, I was in a dressing room. I can tell you the story verbatim. <laughs> I was in a dressing room at H&M looking for a sparkly top because I was going to have my birthday party that night. And I had to have a sparkly top. <laughs> Just had to. And I got a call from my mom that my dad's heart stopped. And I just was, I just was, had no clue what to do. I remember dropping down in the dressing room. My friend was with me, just crying. Um, Death is hard. But it was more than just that. There's more to this story. I was instantly flooded with shame and guilt not knowing the last time I told my dad that I loved him, knowing the last time he called me I didn't answer, it was heartbreaking. I remember um, getting home and Richard was like, we don't don't have to go to your birthday party. And I said, my dad, and it was weird because my dad didn't call me that morning either and I was thinking about it all day. And um, I said, no, he would want me to go celebrate, and so we went out. We went to Vincente's downtown at the Cuban restaurant, and we danced, and, and I just tried to forget about it, knowing that morning that we were going to leave and go to Philadelphia, because that's where he lives, lived. And um, we drove to Philadelphia, and I can tell you I've never felt so broken in my whole life. Richard had so much grace for me and love for me and compassion. I just had Diego in September, and so this was December. It was just two months still going through the postpartum emotions and highs and lows, and he just let me sit the whole ride. It was like nine hours to Philadelphia where I just looked out the window and I just cried the whole time, just cried, feeling guilt and shame and regret. And we got to the hospital. The whole time I was there, though, I was just thinking, I have hope, God. God, you, I won't put nothing past you. You are a miracle worker. You can heal my father. This can happen. Um, I just want him to know that I love him. I just want him to know that I care for him. In that moment, in that drive, I was just clinging on to the hope of God. Because I couldn't. I didn't know what else to do. So we get to the hospital, and uh, we go to the room that my dad is in, and I hold his hand, and I just knew. The doctor came in, and I was holding his hand, and I looked at him, and I said, he's not here. And the doctor said, well, you know, we can't say that until we take him off of life support. And I said, no, it's okay. I know he's not here. And I had to just sit in that, sit knowing that, um, that my dad had passed. And um, was just filled with so much regret, so much shame, so much guilt. I w- this wasn't even in my notes, but um, your young boy, as I was giving him hot cocoa, he said, you know what I read today? <laughs> He's so sweet. He said, every minute and every second is a gift. That's what he told me right before he went to Kids Church. Every minute and every second is a gift. 
And in that moment, I, I felt like God was speaking to me and reminding me that we carry the hope that God brings every minute and every second because it is a gift. I, um, I told you a few nights ago I was sitting in darkness. This week has been hard leading up to my birthday knowing that this is what happened. So I've been crying in bed almost every night. And um, it got so bad the other night that I didn't want to wake up Camila in the bassinet, and I didn't want to wake up Richard, so I ran to the bathroom because I knew it was, I was going to get louder and just had a breakdown, and Richard came in in the room. And, and I just kind of wanted to, to read what I was going through in that moment. So on the screen you'll see... <laughs> This is a post that I did on social media after my father passed. Um, And I wanted to read it with you guys today. Ringing in the new decade didn't exactly start as I imagined. The evening I went to celebrate life, I got a call that my father's heart had stopped. Sunday, he was officially pronounced dead. He lived in the city of brotherly love, and just being in Philadelphia for a day... I have come to know real quick he was known for his brotherly love to everyone he met. Most importantly, his love for Jesus. In the midst of my hurt is peace. What hope we have in Jesus. Let me read that again. What hope we have in Jesus to know that the place of death actually is the beginning of life. What God promises us comes to fruition. Jesus has defeated death and replaced it with eternal life to all those who believe. There is no better place for my father than in our heavenly father's arms, where he is loved, where he is forgiven, and where he is free. I found a bag full of gifts for Olivia and Diego, and he was planning on coming to see us very soon. I found that out. My mom told me. Um, Even though that's not going to happen, getting to sit by him, hold his hand, hug him, One last time, and being in the city he loved, hearing stories from his church family, taking the roads he traveled somehow still makes me feel like he is right here with me during this hard time. I love you, Daddy. And in the words of Olivia, don't worry, Mommy. He will always be in your heart. And Dad, you will always be in my heart. Your memories and traditions will live on. Dad, you have fought the good fight. You have finished the race. You have kept the faith. 2 Timothy 4, 7. I can see you playing that tambourine on the streets of gold right now. Because he was the tambourine guy at church. And I said, what could be better? And this is how I ended my post. Now, go hold your loved ones close. Forgive fast. 
love so big without holding back. And this is how I ended this post. And I was like, thank you, God. And never lose hope. And never lose hope. There are going to be moments, not a moment, moments in your life where you lose hope. Whether you lose a job, whether you lose a loved one, whether you just can't figure it out, there's going to be moments in your life that you lose hope. But during this season, even though it's different for me now, I don't lose that hope. The confidence of where he is and the confidence of where I'm going and one day we will be reunited. Hope doesn't just kick in all by itself and demolish our trouble and make us instantly feel better. But what hope does is it sees what we can't see. I'm gonna say that again. Hope sees what we can't see. That is what this time is about. This is what Isaiah was writing to them this hope you can't see it you guys don't know that this king is coming you don't know that there will be a virgin birth you don't know that he will be the mighty god the everlasting father the prince of peace but there is hope coming and that was for them that was 700 years before it happened those people didn't probably weren't even around to see it happen. But what hope we get to sit in today in a world that is full of darkness. Not even just outside these doors, but maybe in this room, in our lives, that we just sit in, that we feel no hope whether it's our job, whether it's our financial situation, whether it's our family situation, whether it's our children, and we feel hopeless, what hope we have, what confidence we have in Jesus that he didn't just come to be a cute photo op in a manger, but he came to save the world and so that we can have that hope and that we can carry that hope to everyone we meet. What a hope. What a joy that we have in that. Where in your life today do you need some hope? Where in your life today do you need some hope? You need that confidence of God. Where do you need hope? in this season. And I say the word specifically season because it doesn't last forever. And we can trust in his promises. And maybe you're in a great and jolly holly season. Good, 
share that hope with others. But if you're not, you can cling to that hope in those dark times. Because that's what I'm doing. I'm clinging on to hope. You can cling on to hope today and know that you are so very loved. And when you're struggling and when you're hurting and when you're tired, know that God is with you. Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas is so much more than the gifts. So much more than the trees and the lights. Anybody can get that. Anybody can can make that happen. So this Sunday, as we start focusing and looking and drawing closer to Christmas, we want you to start focusing on these Advent points. And today it's hope. And go back home and remind your family and remind your kids. I got to remind mine who has made like 10 Christmas lists already. That's not what it's about. When you keep it about the right thing, you keep the main thing, the main thing, you won't be disappointed. But when you fill your heart with all of the things that the world wants to make Christmas about, you're just filling it with disappointment. You're never going to get the best gift. You're never going to get the things that you build up in your head. Fill your heart this season, this Christmas season with the hope that he is Emmanuel that he is God with us. And Isaiah, that he is our wonderful counselor, that he is our mighty God, that he is our everlasting father, and that he is our prince of peace. And that's why Isaiah is such a credible prophet, because he never saw that hope in his lifetime. I told you it took 700 years he knew the feeling of disappointments in the, the nation of Judah. He knew all of those things. He knew the agony of waiting in this hopelessness and helplessness. But Isaiah, in a time of no hope for the Israelites, he, he prophesied and he wrote on this hope. And just like Isaiah wrote so long ago, we can write hope on the pages of our lives. We can bring the light of hope into the dark places of not only our lives, but of others. I said, I love that analogy of the light. What are you keeping in the dark that needs to just be brought to the light? What are you holding on to that just needs to be brought to hope? Because we need it. It's that simple. We need it. I need it, you need it, your neighbor needs it, the cashier at the grocery store needs it, homeless people on the corner need it. We need to be carriers of this hope. And so I have one point, and it's this, and it's really simple. And it's the sentence that's going to go on the screen that hope is here. Can you guys say that? Say, hope is here. 
this time, don't say it because I told you. I want you to think about it and say, hope is here. Whatever you're facing, know that hope is here. When Jesus came, he didn't, and he went back and, you know, died and rose again and went back to heaven. He didn't take hope with him. Hope is here. Hope is here. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. One of the most popular verses in the Christian faith. John 3.16. I just want to rephrase it just to end this message. And it's this. For God so loved the world that he gave us hope. That he gave us hope. And so today, as we sing one more song, as we take communion together, it feels heavy. It can feel heavy. But also know that it is so light to know. Like I just, I can feel that hope that he gives us. Feel that today. And take whatever you are holding on in the darkness and bring it to the light and bring it to hope. Because hope is here. Let's pray. God, God, I love you so much. I can't imagine sending your son to the world to know what was going to happen to him. But you did it anyway, God, because of your great love. And today, as we sit in Advent, as we sit in this arrival of this waiting for the, for the birth of Jesus, God, I pray that today we would remember that hope is here, that hope is in our reach, that hope is not far, and that we can carry that hope to all of the areas of our life that we keep in the dark and bring it to the light. But more importantly, too, God, we can take that hope to people who desperately need it. God, there is no one like you. There's no name above your name, God. You are our mighty God, our everlasting Father. You are our counselor, God. And you are the Prince of Peace. And today, we rejoice in that. Today, we sit in the hope that you bring us. We love you so much, God. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to the Santos Church Podcast. We hope that you were blessed by what you heard today and that it moves you towards action and greater faith in Jesus. If you'd like to connect with us more, you can find us online at santoschurch.org. And that's also a great place to give if you'd like to contribute to the ministry and our mission here in Southwest Detroit. If you're on Instagram, you can connect with us at Santos Detroit or Facebook, and it's facebook.com slash Santos Church Detroit. If you find yourself in the Detroit area, we'd love to have you in person Sunday mornings at 11, 1953 Military Street. Either way, hablamos pronto. We'll talk to you soon.